0: Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name's Emily. And my name is Andrew. And this week we have with us Blake from the Tone Mob.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: What's up, Blake? Hey.
1: Oh, you know, just uh, chilling. Just quarantining and chilling. Just like chilling everybody like else, villain. right?
0: Quarantining like a... I don't
1: know.
2: Self-oscillating?
1: <laughs> Something. Something. Oh, sorry. Isolating, that
2: isolating. Isolating. That's right. Sorry. I was- ah.
1: Oh, yeah. zip.
2: Oh, jokes. It's a response for the punchline.
1: It took me a second. My brain is is just now starting to fire up. This is about the time where I actually become a functional human being. Uh, it's weird how long it takes me to actually wake up. It's very bizarre.
0: Wow. wow. No, that's yeah.
2: not abnormal at all. I, I re- honestly, I applaud you for waking up at all because I really feel like some days I kind of just zombie my way from start to finish.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I've been feeling that a lot. I've been having trouble, trouble sleeping. So like there are nights I, a lot of nights I haven't fallen asleep until like two. And then I wake up at like six with the sun.
1: Ooh, that's rough.
0: It's been bad.
1: See the
2: worst, the worst days for me are like, I have a hard time waking up end up sleeping in a little bit. And like, I still like no amount of coffee will bring any sort of function to my brain, any sort of, you know, general thoughts of being with the world and whatnot. And, just struggle to stay awake all day kind of like doing the head bob sit in your chair trying to get work done
0: oh rick does that and it's just so weird to watch
2: oh it's the <laughs> war i that's one of the worst feelings is when you know it, like the first time it happens in an afternoon you realize what just happened and then you're like oh oh no i wait i've already had five cups of coffee how is this still happening
0: Rick will do that like all night Sitting on the sofa watching If we're like watching a show It'll just be constant I'm like man that, just, just, just go to bed dude well, Why yeah, do just the, go to bed
2: Here's the thing is like I've got days where I'll do that And then come like the end of the day I'm like alright well I've got to be up early for work tomorrow I should probably start heading to sleep And all of a sudden I'm awake
3: Yeah
2: My brain starts racing I can't, I can't stop thinking about things And I finally go to like go to sleep And I'm just like staring at the ceiling Going like really I couldn't have been yeah. like my brain couldn't have been on, like, you know, say, like, 2 p.m. That's a pretty reasonable time.
0: Yeah. I took an edible last night, and it helped a lot.
2: I would imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just I just had some pot. It was great. Uh,
2: <laughs> reminds me of a uh, scene from The Office with Creed, uh, Dwight interviewing Creed. He's like, what is this? And Creed's like, Northern Lights Indica. It's like, oh, no. No. <laughs> It's marijuana. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the marijuana. Not the
1: marijuana.
2: It's I, legal uh, where
0: it's legal in Washington and Oregon.
2: It's true. It is. Yes. It is legal in Oregon. I've got an aunt who I used to work in the growing business.
0: Ah. Huh.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not really my thing, but I definitely, I definitely voted for it because, like, I'm just like, hey. If booze is legal, let's be honest here. Like, let's be real about this. You know, come on.
2: That's totally fair. And that's more or less where I sit with it.
1: So one thing on the coffee note. So, you know, this is I was talking about how long it takes me to wake up. And that could be it just it doesn't really seem to matter what time it is that I wake up. It takes me at least an hour to like be like even semi-functional. And then I'm really I'm really at my best self, you know. And in, in the afternoon to basically the middle of the night. That's when I function the best for whatever reason. But right. like since I've been working from home for the last couple of years, I haven't really been drinking coffee. I used to drink several cups a day. So mm-hmm. now when I drink, when I do drink coffee, it works fantastic. Like it used <laughs> to just like not work at all. And now I'll have one cup and be like, well, there we go. That's what coffee's supposed to do." All right, this you know, is, I was, this is that- good.
2: I'm experiencing the same exact same uh, same exact thing right now. Is actually just chatting in our uh, Patreon group. Yesterday, uh, we were talking about caffeine and absurd quantities, and you know the good old days back when we were in high school where you could drink three rock stars and not feel a thing for real. Yeah, and you no. Know, uh, before quarantine, I my day job started at five thirty a.m. every single day. I had to be there, uh, bright-tailed, bushy-eyed, and I would go through just
1: a ton of coffee to get through my day. Ian,
0: I, Wait, did you? Say, I'm sorry. Did you say that backwards on purpose?
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I, I was like nicely done. I, I, I recognize game, recognize game. You know,
0: right? I never know though. Uh,
2: it, it's something I like to say. Is like, oh, I see you guys tomorrow. Bright tail, bushy eyed, and they just look at me like, what?
0: My my, my papa <laughs> always used to say, "You're a real fart smeller," instead of "You're a real smart feller."
1: Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm into it.
2: Very yeah.
0: into it. That's that's a that's a that's a good dad one.
1: Uh,
2: and yeah, so the day job we've got an espresso machine and they treat us incredibly well and I just go through a lot of caffeine and now that I've been working from home for about, what has it been? I, what year is it? Uh, it was like two months now.
0: It's been like two, two, two and and a half, months, something like
2: that. It was like the first or second week of March. I got sent home indefinitely, uh, to work from home. And I've honestly only had like one, maybe two cups of coffee a day. And so now if I start dipping into that third cup, I'm like, ooh, here we go. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I can feel, like, I still drink half a pot a day, but, like, I can feel it Um, when my limit gets hit. It's like just the smell of coffee suddenly really turns me off. But I, I've i been working from home for a year and a half, and I still drink a lot of coffee. I just yeah. like it.
1: I do like I it. I take
0: naps. I also take naps.
1: Mm, man, naps sound good.
0: Naps are great. I don't know why kids are so opposed to them
1: But They don't know how good they have it
0: <sighs> They got that, that FOMO hits them so hard They know that you're doing stuff without them
1: And then you're like no I'm I'm really not <laughs> I'm just yeah, cleaning I'm
0: just... I may be also taking a nap
1: Yeah That's a struggle I, My wife you know our uh, Our youngest kid is just A mama's boy Like to the nth degree and so I feel so bad for her because, like, I would help, and I have helped where I can, but he won't He won't tolerate me in the night. He's like, no, you're not mom, and so I'm going to scream until mom comes in, and it's, uh, it's challenging for her right now. So I try to squeeze – I try to, like, take the kids, you know, for a walk or something. She's also a very light sleeper, so that makes it a little bit difficult. I try to take the kids for a walk so she can get some shut eye in during the day. But yeah, it's a crazy time right now. Unprecedented times. Of course.
0: Yeah. I could do without all the sales emails that remind me of that. (laughs) 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 I like it when sometimes every once in a while I get an email that instead of saying, I hope this finds you well, just says, I hope this finds you like, thanks for not assuming it would find me well. Thanks for, thanks for, like, knowing, <laughs> understanding what's happening.
2: It's like when people say good morning and you're like, oh, awfully bold of you to assume that it's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my dad always hated when cashiers would say, have a good one. Like, you don't tell me what to do. You Don't tell me what to do.
2: This is America. I do what I want, whether or not you tell me what to do.
1: I'll have a bad yeah. one if I want to.
0: Hey, if I would have a bad one, that's my God-given right as an American. That's right.
2: How dare you be polite to me right now?
0: <laughs> I mean that's just that's just my dad, sorry, Dad. I think that they might have started listening to this podcast
2: what you're wearing a mask out of concern for my safety really that's the most un-American thing I can think of
1: i don't don't want- get me started. I'll but go just, off yeah <laughs> I just- sorry
2: I'll, I'll 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 change to something a little bit more analogous uh how about uh how how dare you not smoke a cigarette inside of the Starbucks out of concern for, you should be smoking a cigarette if you want to. It doesn't matter what health effects it might have for me. You should be an American
1: yeah smoke away boys do it light smoke him
2: if you got them him,
0: smoke them smoke him if you got them even if you don't
2: i i'm just on a roll of just butchering common phrases today and it's kind of fun
1: not gonna lie
0: <sighs> yeah it's um that's good for you man i guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the best that's the best i could come up with
0: say say the same good thing. Well, good, for, good you. for you good on good you, you, you man good on you that's uh that's quite the accomplishment <laughs> uh
2: just deconstructing western society one catchphrase at a time
0: I a and i haven't even member, got to the 50 quotes yet yeah i had a family member block me on facebook for saying that uh it mail-in voting was awesome really yeah she posted this big long thing that was like it kept saying stuff like when 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 you can't go to church but you can buy alcohol, it's not about your health. When you can't get a haircut but they want everyone to do mail-in voting, it's not about your health. I'm like, I, but all those things are kind of about health. And, yeah, I, and she she got mad when someone pointed out that the liquor stores are open because if you cut alcoholics off cold turkey, they could die.
1: Yeah, that the well, they very likely will die. And yeah. I I also like questioned that initially but I I figured that out on my own self, you know, pretty quickly. I was like, "Well, that's weird why?" And I was like, "Oh. Yeah, because we don't want a bunch of people running to the hospitals that are in desperate need of detox right now. We're trying to yeah. avoid that." Yeah. I mean, it's an unfortunate reality that there are alcoholics and addicts and that's just that's just real and that's what mm-hmm. they will do if they start going through DTs. So, Yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand yeah. the high level, like why is what why would that be essential? But once you just break it down pretty simply,
0: right, there it is. right, and yeah,
2: as the token Christian, a host of this podcast, I, I do want to just take the quick moment to be like, all right, let's break this down for a quick second, and I want to say, this kind of two sides of the coin here is on one side, I'm seeing people like, oh well, churches just want to open up so they can make their money, and where in some cases. Yeah, sure. I don't. I really don't think that that's necessarily a motivating factor for a lot of folks who are trying to open their churches because for a lot of Christians, church is the place of community. And that's right, wrong, or indifferent. We're all really missing that right now is kind of our weekly, we get to see our church family. Flip side of that is, I mean, from a theological perspective, and forgive me for, for jumping here, but I'm just going to throw this out here. The church is not a building. The church is a group of people that's supposed to be living out the Christian lifestyle and just – really kills you like oh they're shutting down why can't we have church and we can go buy pot i'm like well you totally can the church is not a meeting in a building ah that's my pet peeve for the week so two sides of that coin
0: also do you want six out of every ten people in your church to to die if everybody gets coronavirus because that's kind of the death rate in the united states right now yeah
2: i mean i i don't know i don't want to I'm so empathetic and I'm having a really hard time. Like every time I'm seeing the numbers, I'm just starting to shut down. So I'm not really looking to get in numbers. I'm just looking to get into the, I feel, I I, I really feel on a deep emotional level. I I miss my church family too, but uh, I just, to what end? So that's all. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess since we're going there, my whole thing with it is like, look, I want things to reopen, too. Don't get me wrong. I understand that this sucks. I get it, right? This sucks for everybody. Oh, sucks totally. for some more than others. Um, but do you want to be shut down again? Like, do yeah. we, like, we want to go through this for a second time just because you were impatient? And I mean, just saying you in general, like people who are adamant about getting back to normal as soon as possible i'm like okay i'm down with that i understand why you would want to but do you want to go through this again in three months and shut down again and have even worse effects you know like i just uh it drives me crazy yeah like let's just do what we're supposed to do get through it we will get over this it's going to happen we've done it before this is Mm -hmm. not new like it's new to us just because we haven't had to like physically deal with it ourselves but we we have a recipe for this so let's yeah, just right. get through it and then and, we yeah. can go back to normal and not yeah uh, drives me no, crazy. That,
2: that's a take that i 100 uh, percent a lot of respect for that take even even with my joking quip about you hating small businesses i throwing <laughs> that actually, out there for-
0: i was i was just gonna edit that out andrew <laughs> <laughs> no, no i i, I, I intentionally I was gonna, i'm sorry i was gonna edit out because of crosstalk not because you said it
2: <laughs> oh well, I intentionally joked to be like, oh, you just hate small businesses, just to point out the some of the absurdity of the rhetoric that's getting thrown around. And it, look, no one's no one's hating anybody. I, it, just trying to figure out what this looks like to move forward is just a lot to unpack. And I, I really can't say a fault anyone for trying to look at this rationally. Yeah. So.
1: No, And I mean, I like I <laughs> your joke actually. Is funny because I, you you guys could probably figure out like small business is actually something I'm extremely passionate about.
0: Yeah. Same so with us. it's, uh, we'd love to talk about that later.
1: Yeah. 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 We got to get into that later. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Meantime, uh, Andrew, what's new with you, dude?
2: What's new with me? So I am buying a pedal, uh, from someone who's taking weeks to get it to me. It's just a real, it's just a, I'm sticking with the sale because, you know, I really want the pedal. Um,
0: Andrew, can I ask you a quick question? <laughs> have you yep. paid this person for sub pedal yet?
2: I will pay the person when I pick it up. That That's pretty standard.
0: Then st- then st- don't <laughs> complain.
2: <laughs> for those of you who are wondering what in the world is going on with my cryptic uh, sense, I'm just choking around. I'm buying a pedal from Emily. I'm buying her boss, PN2 Stereo Pan Tremolo. I'm very yeah. excited about it. And uh, I have very willingly been... Uh, taking my time. I'm not in a rush to get it. I'm just giving her a hard time for it.
0: And you and you're waiting because I need to film uh a, a, a demo. demo with another pedal that I'm just straight up giving you. So let's
2: Aww. Uh, <laughs> I know.
0: So, so I just unless like you want me smoothies. to reconsider that, I'll keep it just to be spiteful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, so anyway, so that's what's that's what's upcoming new with me. I've been working on the board build and I'm like literally three cables away from being done with this build. And now I'm reevaluating how to fit the PN2 onto this board build before it's even done. So <laughs> jokes on me, uh, but no, I'm really excited for that. Uh, but I think what's mo- even more exciting for me right now is I'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek into what's going on in the world of Fox Cairo. For those of you who might not be aware, I run Fox Cairo. We make pedal toppers that are custom and red and you didn't
0: pronounce the N very hard there. I might have to bleep that.
2: <laughs> I realized that as soon as it came out of my mouth, and I just I was hoping no one would notice. Functional. <laughs> out here trying to function. Uh, anyways, so it's printed grip tape toppers that glow in the dark. There's a million different ways you can go with it, and the customization is something that I take a lot of pride in, and I think a lot of people see the value in that. The exciting update that you guys should all – just give me a follow. You'll see the updates and this should be launching the next couple of weeks, uh, probably a week and a half from when this uh, launches. I'm looking at the end of the first week of June for this product launch is toppers for the helix floor, which is especially exciting because if, for those of you familiar with the helix floor, the treadle for that topper is a fold over folds over the left side of the treadle. And that's something that I haven't seen anyone do before. And because my, uh, the, the material is flexible, I've, I just got my first pictures from the guy I sent um to do the demo run and it just looks super phenomenal. The topper dips into the body just like the stock grip tape does. It looks really rad and I'm very excited. I think that makes me the first person to offer toppers for the, the Helix floor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Nice.
2: Keep your eyes peeled or peeled, whichever version of English you want to speak and give me a follow at Fox Cairo and I'll have those should be up, yeah, by the end of the first week of June. I'm I'm incredibly excited. There's been a lot that's gone into this, and I know I, I really don't know how, where to begin with thanking the people that have been involved in this. And yeah, before I go, get all gushy, Blake. What's new with you?
1: Oh man, that is a long list. I there's, I feel like it's every day. There's something new cooking, but uh, let's see. Probably the most uh, interesting to the listeners of this show. I posted it on Instagram a few times. I've had it for about a month now. Grez guitars sent me a, a baritone to check out. Uh, they're out of California. Oh,
0: I love baritone guitars. <laughs> oh man. And I
1: love Grez. They, uh, it's a beautiful guitar. It's called their, it's their Mendocino and it is a semi hollow with no F holes with two Lawler gold foils in it and I'm not exaggerating. It is one of the best sounding guitars I have ever heard. I played it first at summer Nam, not this particular one, but a different one. And I was like, wow, this sounds incredible. And I thought I was kind of like, maybe like remembering it with like a certain, you know, I don't know amount of extra sunny glow. So I was excited when he like, he was like, Hey, by the way, I, uh, I sent you one of those to check out. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. And, uh, I I got it out of the case and I plugged it in. I was like, no, this this is even cooler than what I remember. It's that 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 combination that he's come up with. It's really magical, and it's not at all subtle. It's like this is wildly different than anything I've ever heard before. So I got to do a video on that pretty soon. I'm very excited about that. Um, what else is new? Uh, gear wise, well, um, I've been like teasing this project for a really long time and uh and i've talked about it on the podcast a couple times but it, it's a it's a project i'm working on with scott from Stringjoy and jacob adams who formerly was at Keeley electronics and uh formerly at mammoth electronics before he left several years ago to do his own thing uh, he does a lot of enclosure work now as kind of his main thing but uh we, we've been working on getting a brand off the ground for a while, and we had this big pie-in-the-sky project we were working on, and due to the coronavirus, we've had to switch gears because parts became an issue. So I'm currently working on another product for that company and also writing a comic book to go along with it, a, a new oh, comic wow. book. Oh, so, yeah, wow. That's it's, awesome. Uh, it's, uh, it's turning out to be pretty fun. I'm really enjoying the... The comic book process. I've g- gone through it once already, and uh, that will have to be backburnered. But so I'm writing a new one, and I'm very excited about how that's going.
0: Are you illustrating it also?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. I am a terrible, terrible uh, artist. Uh. It's it's really bad. Uh, no, actually, Taylor Adams from Deep Space Devices is working on this this new one with me, he, and he's an cool. amazing artist.
0: Yeah. My brother, um, my brother studied and majored in the sequential, some sort of sequential arts, in uh, at, at Savannah College of Art and Design.
1: Very so cool. So I
0: love comics.
1: I'll have to, uh, I'll have to send you guys the one we've completed. Uh, that won't be out yet, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the digital version. You can check it out. A guy named Ethan Slayton, a local guy to me, did the art for that one, and he just crushed it. So nice very excited That's
0: so cool it's a really cool idea
2: deep space devices does some incredible artwork oh yeah, yeah. just That's uh, all as, Taylor. Soon as, as soon as you threw that out there, i am like oh oh uh yeah if if you're listening to this and you don't you haven't heard or seen deep space devices I just stop what you're doing maybe not pause this episode because you know I, I like being able to talk in your ear but go to their instagram just look them up And just stare at the eye candy, because the artwork is out of this world. Yeah. Quite literally, thematically. Uh, There's some (laughs) incredible stuff there.
1: Yeah, and
0: I... And the the pedals themselves are pretty pretty awesome, too.
1: They are, and they're good people, and they are very funny. I did an episode with them, I don't know, six, eight months ago? Maybe even longer. I've completely lost track of time, but...
2: Time Good is guys. but a figment of your imagination,
1: which is a theme. Time, that d- time
0: doesn't exist anymore, it yeah. We're doesn't. covering that with Kathy Valentine.
1: <laughs> time is a theme of the comic I'm going to send you. So, Oh,
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Ooh. should be fun.
0: Nice.
1: That's all, that's all with me for now. At least all that would be interesting, I think. There's a bunch of boring stuff, but that's boring, so uh, why would we want to talk about it?
2: And that was the part of the show where I pretend like I'm going to move on without asking emily what's new with her just to be kind of a (laughs) jerk i'm kidding i'm Uh, kidding
0: you've done it so many times it just makes me so sad it really hurts my feelings it just hurts my feelings
2: i know which just (laughs) continues to boost my ego because clearly you care about what i have to think
0: wow
2: Wow. So what's new with you? <laughs> what's new with
0: you? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I got a uh, a little package from Walrus Audio in the mail. I got their Kangara Filter Fuzz, which I know just filled you with envy.
2: A little bit.
0: A little bit. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing with that. I'm launching a demo for that uh some point this week, probably either t- tomorrow, so Wednesday or Thursday, uh, just depending on how I feel. Um, but I, the reason I'm kind of torn on that is because I'm getting a, I have purchased from Fender, their new, uh, Mustang base in gold. Yes.
3: Gold.
0: Gold. 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 Yeah. So, um, it was what we were talking about on the effects loop and I looked them up. I'm like, I think I need it. So uh, I reached out to my person at Fender, and I got a, a tiny little discount, and I'm uh, getting that in the mail on Wednesday or Thursday.
2: I, yeah, when we were recording the episode with the effects loop, and we we went over the the new lineup from Fender, like in real time, we could all hear you processing the ooh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That that I'm gonna have to have. I really need that now. <laughs> I well, the, just in real I, time, it was incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it on there, but in in Sunday crush when we've been getting together and jamming and writing new songs, uh, the bassist Isaac and I, uh, we've been doing about half the songs with me on guitar and half the songs with them on guitar and me on bass. Um, so, but their bass is just a full scale. Like I think it's a P bass or a jazz bass. And, uh, Isaac's got bigger hands than me. So, I'm sure that it's great for them, but uh, for me, I like I like a short-scale bass. I haven't owned a bass since high school. On my 16th or 17th birthday, my dad got me a bass, and uh, I enjoyed it. I played it. I went to college and kind of didn't really use it or need it. So uh, I, this is my going to be my first time personally owning a bass uh, since, gosh, in like, Thirteen years. Um my husband's a bassist, but also he's got big hands, so he plays like a Sterling uh, music man bass. You know what they and... say about
2: bassists with big hands? Big basses. Big gloves? Uh long scale lengths.
0: Do you mean do you want me to say a big dick? Is that <laughs> no, what you're asking? No. <laughs> no, the
2: whole point of it is to not say that. The point is to like let people think their just just dip into the gutter just a little bit. And then they feel really bad when we don't take it there. That's the point. Uh, is that's a very people.
0: old joke. It's like, you know what they say about men with big feet, big shoes. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, but that's an old joke. And you got to remember who you're talking to is me. And I've just uh, taken – I've been around dudes who like to make crass jokes so long that I know that the one way to kind of beat them is to be more crass. And that's just kind of the life of being a woman in music.
2: (laughs) And this is the part where I revert to pretending to be a goody, good Christian boy.
0: Yeah. That I um, have never
2: stooped to that level.
0: But that's not all that's new with me. I um, put out a demo for the Alter Ego Vintage Echo that you loaned me. It's a very, very cool stereo delay. Um, The weird thing is the toggle on that doesn't seem to do what it was supposed to do
2: yeah i so, haven't really figured that part out even after having did it you also
0: months. look up the manual and you're like why is it doing this but uh so the toggle's supposed to be like setting the tap tempo um like the subdivisions and stuff but for to, to me it just it turns it like up toggle is mono middle is some stereo and then bottom is very wide stereo is that your experience with it too
2: that was my ex- experience, but it, it depends on what algorithm I was using. Uh, I think it was the twenty two ninety algorithm that was giving me the full ping pong, which is such a good sound. I love ping pong delay, and
0: yeah, me too. And it's made me really want to get um not not the vintage uh, echo, not the alter ego, but I was kind of looking into some other options, perhaps. It's been a while since I've had because I have the Avalanche Run, which is a serial delay, but it's not quite that back and forth um but also i got uh the fender their new tube tremolo the mtg series tube tremolo it's really nice oh man
2: and isn't that one's a gold enclosure too right
0: yeah all of the uh, tube series the mtg series so they had the la distortion and they had the uh, mtg tube distortion they're all gold enclosures
2: just rolling in the gold
0: also i have an enzo now
2: yay (laughs) (laughs) all the gold
0: yeah, I traded my um, a Mat- I had the metaverse trim distortion, and I traded that for the Enzo.
1: I love the Enzo so much. I love the I, I- love the Maris people so much. I love everything they do. I support yeah. Enzo.
0: I everyone was telling me how complicated and hard to work it is, but I've just I took it really slow. Kind of read through the manual uh, while I was playing with it, which I don't always do. And it seems it seems not too complicated like not overly complicated like if you read the documentation like i was having a lot of fun with it i was expecting to either like have a really hard time with it or instantly fall in love and it's definitely been the latter
1: yeah it's it's one i don't usually read manuals either but like on something like that you you kind of have to like
0: yeah
1: just it's and it's not and once you do it's like oh okay i got it this makes sense
0: and yeah. just for a little
1: bit of
2: context, the person that told her it was complicated was me because I didn't read the manual when I I played it. it I think it was American Music in Seattle, and I didn't open up the manual. I just kind of went for it. And being they don't the simple- give you the
0: manual when you try them out at that well, store.
2: I remember I loaded the manual and I tried, but I I I am much more of a simpleton, and I'm I'm not the most. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to put myself down that hard. I was going to say I'm not the most intelligent human. I've got to give myself a little credit here, but I. I but tend Andrew, to be... you
0: you are definitely not the only person who told me it was difficult. I mean, I saw literal reverb listings where the 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 description said, "I hate this pedal and it hates me too."
2: That is harsh. Okay, I didn't go that far. That's incredibly brutal. I was <laughs> just gonna say that the one the only the only place that it got me tripped up is the secondary knob functions and the only reason why that trips me up is because I'm so incredibly visual that I like being able to like have a knob for each individual thing and just that's the only part where it gets me a little tripped up, but I also give me a couple more hours with it, I'm sure I would have got the hang of it. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. I it's interest it's an interesting thing, and I definitely wanna make sure that I get that preset switch. But it's going to be really cool to win whenever we have live music again. Because I have the SY1 right now, which I adore, but it doesn't have presets. I would love to just be able to go between doing, like, a, a poly synth lead line and a nice pad. <laughs> uh, you know?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, just options on stage is always really great. And that's that's oh. the appeal of anything in the realm of MIDI, which I've been wanting to dip my toes into and so incredibly scared of all at the same time
0: i'm so scared of years now? but do you want to hear my last new thing i only have one more i promise
2: uh yes
0: i bought a board from our friends at squatch i got a medium-sized board from our friends at squatch
1: nice what, what?
0: so so i'm gonna be able to do a nice little secondary board
1: what uh what wood did you get up
0: I don't know. I just, uh, all I know is <laughs> Dan, Dan, our friend Dan Dolan made them. And it looks like the front, like the part that's going to be facing the stage, it looks, it's got a fine, a very fine grain, kind of like mahogany. Nice. But uh, it's just like a light brown on the sides and a lighter brown on the top.
1: They're all very I... beautiful. Yeah.
2: Oh, for they're sure. All,
0: they're all so unique. And Dan always does such great work.
2: I'm so in love with my Squatch board. I've got a Squatch, the the small board. That's what I use for my base rig is my all in one. It's got um, the DI and everything. It's just such a good sounding board, but it just fits so nicely in that little, it's just a grab and go easy going and just really pretty board. I just love it. Yeah.
0: Good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I have a little baby one too. I remember when you, you swung by my house right after you visited Squatch and you showed it to me. I'm like, that's yours looks really nice.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I had the pleasure of uh, getting to pick mine up from the Squatch uh, shop up in uh, Mount Lake Terrace area. Linwood. Linwood area. It's it's all about that, just north of where you're at. And so I swung by your place the way back, like, look what I got! I, I wasn't even <laughs> expecting to pick one up, and it, um was talking to Andy about all of it. And I was like, oh, I've got to have one of these. So I ended up walking oh, totally. out with one and was just made my month um, for sure.
0: They're great people. Everyone should support them. Speaking of support, uh, if you'd like to support this podcast, there are a bunch of ways you can do it. Uh, if you have a little bit of extra money, I know times are weird right now. But we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Offset. You can support for as little as a dollar a month. And for $25, I will write you a song.
2: And, 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 and. Uh, so we're, we, we've we been doing for better part of it, uh, a little over, uh, not quite a year, but I'm trying to think. Time is so strange. What we've been doing for approximately a year now is we've been sending the Mount Hood prototype. Mount Hood is the signature Get Offset Fuzz Boost Combo Pedal we did with Spruce FX. And it's been on a little bit of a tour across folks in our uh, Patreon group who are interested. We are down to I think we're the last person in our Patreon group right now. For as little as one dollar a month, just join us, support us, and before we go ahead and put the kabosh on that pedal tour, we might be able to sneak you in. So as soon as you hear this podcast, just literally dollar a month, and then send us a message and see what you, well, if you want. It.
0: We have to add Paul to that list.
2: We do have to add Paul to that list. So mm-hmm, we're down mm-hmm. to two-ish, second to last person. There, uh, we've been having them with people for a week or two at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's that um that's a great way to support us we also have merch at get dot slash shop if you'd like to buy uh official get offset shirts or for fuzz sake shirts hats et cetera of uh, baby bibs we got some baby bibs
2: <laughs> for the uh, but babies
0: for the Bibbit for the babies have you been watching Shit's creek
2: I have not – I've actually been watching The Newsroom, which completely okay. side oh, tangent. Does,
0: does somebody also say babies in that because that's a big thing in Shit Creek?
2: No, but the thing that – it took me like three episodes to figure out is one of the characters in The Newsroom, like that actress is so familiar. Where do I know her from? And it finally hit me. I was like, oh, that's the drummer from Scott Pil- Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh
3: my god. <laughs>
2: Very it good. Bugs the heck out of me for several episodes. The episodes are like a full hour each. Wow. Finally, it just hit me like a brick.
0: I
1: love that movie, by the
2: That's way. It's
0: a great movie. I mean, the only... The, 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 the problem they had is that I think they kind of showed it for free at a ton of comic Cons. So essentially, like, at least 60% of the people who wanted to see that movie saw it for free.
1: Well, that was probably a bad move. I saw it at a drive-in, a bad move. which was a very good choice.
0: Nice. That sounds like a really fun choice. Um, and if you don't want to support Get Offset with Money, but you want to support us anyway, just please leave us a five star rating and a nice review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us. It really helps us get the show out in front of more people. So um, we would appreciate that support. Yes.
2: 100%. And. No, I, I got nothing. No, that did not answer
0: Uh And in other news, this. Episode of Get Off That Podcast is sponsored by Walrus Audio. As Woo! I mentioned earlier, Walrus Audio sent us a kangra, congra? um, kangra, kangra. How congas. do you pronounce that? I, I
2: vote con. I, I vote
1: kangra. Fil-
0: I vote kangra. It's a filter. Lake? It's a tiebreaker.
1: I I've been going kangra, but I don't know. Ah. The-
0: Suck it.
1: I have a tenuous uh. grasp on English, so don't you know? Who knows.
0: Well, the thing is you can't really make fun of people who pronounce words wrong because it usually just means they read um, and read that word only and have never heard it said out loud. So Yay, I'm like, literate.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, That's good news for the day. So tell me about yeah. this pedal.
0: It's a fuzz. It's like a very gated fuzz, and the only controls for the fuzz are toggles, so you can go vintage or modern, and you can have either a mid-scoop or kind of more flat mids. And then the re- the other foot switch is a filter, And so you have um, a lot of controls for that, including uh, a sensitivity envelope uh, that you can turn on and off. So, uh, which is, which is what I think a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I filmed a demo with that. I'm mostly playing through just, I I learned a St. Vincent song, Birth of Reverse for it. uh, Which I just love. One of the things I've really loved about demos is it gives me an excuse to learn new songs I might not otherwise have have tried playing so that's been a lot of fun but yeah walrus audio uh this is not the newest pedal it's not a new pedal but um it's really cool and I think it's you're gonna have a lot of fun with it Andrew when I give it to you
2: I am so beyond excited for it and you know so I've been listening to some demos on it and what the sound like you get that full filter have you been listening
0: to have you been listening to my demo because I did send it to you
2: I, I did listen to it and I love St. Vincent and you just, you knocked it out of the park. One of the sounds that it can do reminds me of, this might be a little obscure, but Under Oath's new album that came out uh, like last year or so, the fifth track on it, Bloodlust, I think is the right track. That's got this really incredible, uh, like synth um, gated fuzz break right after the first chorus. I know this is super specific, but I really, Really, really love that sound, and I think I can nail that sound with this pedal. And i I can't wait to get it and to just try and get that locked in. I don't blame you. My, I, I, I don't think Emily listens to Under oath, Blake.
0: I do not.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, am I supposed to comment here? Uh, I, I know the part that you're talking about, and I think that this pedal can do it. I, uh, I am a big fan of that band, so. I understand what you're talking about. I am also a fan of the band. And now that
2: live music is canceled, I am incredibly regretting uh, seeing them come through Seattle the last time that they did because they came through with Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the money for the tickets and decided to not be irresponsible financially, figuring I could just see the next time. And here we are. Yeah, I
0: stopped, I stopped playing that game because sometimes there's not a next time. Or sometimes the next time is like eight years later, which is my case with the whole study.
1: Yeah, I I really try to, you know, the big limiting factor for myself is the kids. Like it's it seems like every time there's a bunch of concerts that I want to see or that me and Lynn want to see, there's they're like all blumped together. And I feel really weird, like taking my kids to my parents, you know. Four times in a row, like, like okay, we're leaving you again, uh, to go have fun. So it's like that—that's kind of like a limiting factor, just because I'm trying to be a okay dad. Wait,
2: are you not supposed to bring your kids into the mosh pit? Is that frowned upon? I mean, there will be no no post-covid
0: mosh pits.
1: Uh, That—that's honestly been the thing I've been worried about.
2: Don't say that.
1: I love the mosh pits. I know I'm too great. old for them, but I love them mosh anyway. Pits
0: are, mosh pits aren't gender inclusive. <laughs> they make women scared of shows. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've gotten hit, hit by some women in mosh pits before. Them. so It, it depends just, just on... A, it totally I a boyfriend depends on the
0: job. I got a boyfriend who got knocked in the, the nose in a mosh pit, and then he couldn't smell anymore. Ouch.
2: That is a price I'd be willing to pay for a good time.
0: I... No, seriously not. though, it really
2: depends on it really depends on the show and a lot of, not to like I'm gonna pretend like I'm not partial to the bands that I like, but a lot of the bands that I love listening to, I go to their concerts and the mosh bits tend to be like someone gets knocked over, it's like oh hold up hold up everybody's iPhones come out, they turn their flashlights, back up, help the guy up, and then we keep going. But it's not like no one's gonna get trampled everybody takes care of each other, and that's typically the environment that I mosh in.
1: That is the case for me as well, most of the time. Although, I really want to go see Knocked Loose, and I know that their environment is not quite like that. So, <laughs> I'm yeah, like, well, I see that. I'm just going to have to deal with it. But, you know, it's not my first time, so I guess I'll I'll be okay.
2: Not your first rodeo?
1: No, I I that's one of my favorite things about going to heavy shows. I mean, I like going to not heavy shows, too, and just chilling, but... I get really excited about a good mosh pit. I thought that, that by the time I was 30 that I would be over that, and I am not. I, no, I'm I not at all. Last time Thrice came through, I was in there the whole time. Like it was, you know, 2007. So I guess, I don't know, I still got, I still got it. I'm going to just keep rocking it as long as I still have it.
0: Well, I mean, it, I've seen people, I've seen 45-year-olds at Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth shows just raging out.
1: It's a good time. It's a good outlet. It, it,
2: all, all he had to say was thrice, and now I'm just picturing Dustin Kensrue doing his thing, and just uh,
1: it was awesome. That was the show yeah. where I I still am fangirling a little bit, but I got to interview uh, Tepe, and that was awesome. And so what? that was that was so so much fun.
2: So I could sit here and fangirl all day. And then I could follow that up with a societal uh, dissection of what fangirl means and why we use a gendered term like that and whether or not I'm okay with using that term. I could go there. But we do have a topic to talk about today.
0: I could also talk about that.
2: (laughs) We could go there. And I'm I'm choosing to admit that I'm self-conscious of the fact that I'm using that term. Because
0: I heard, I don't know, understand why people can't just say fanboy. Because it's, I don't, I don't yeah. <laughs> understand.
1: I personally use both terms, so I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm being a bit insensitive, but I, I do say both things. Just depends on what happens to jump out of my mouth. But it's a, it's a fair point.
0: Yeah. I think it implies that it's girly to like things, and I just when I hear like weird things like that that just makes them imply that it's it's girly to like things. It makes me wonder if men are okay because I sometimes feel like maybe y'all aren't okay.
2: No, well, we're not. We're completely but... incapable of showing emotion. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: It's uncool to show emotion.
1: I always just have imagined it stemming from the classic imagery of the Beatles coming over, and that's always yeah. what I've kind of uh, used it in conjunction with, but
0: and it's weird that that's used in conjunction with like the Beatles because the Beatles are now widely considered to be a a, a band that middle aged like boomer men really like a lot still for sure. And so it's just uh yeah, there's it's, it's there's lots to unpack there. And you listen to
2: it in stereo or mono, man? Like, well, you <laughs> got to listen to it in off. mono because
0: John Lennon was deaf in one ear and he didn't like stereo.
1: And then there's the whole Lennon thing, which is could just get lead down a terrible rabbit trail that I'm not sure we want to go down.
0: <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's just quickly say hit, hitting women is bad.
2: Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. Don't, zero out of ten. Don't recommend.
1: I'd almost I go recommend. negative on it.
0: I would go negative on it.
1: N- negative numbers.
2: Wow, and here I was thinking I was being the decent guy in the group. Look at you. <sighs> I, I've been outdone. <laughs>
0: Men are not okay. That's That's the takeaway. So is that (laughs) men? I don't think you I don't think men are okay. I worry about y'all so much.
3: Well
2: so we alluded to this a little bit earlier in the episode. I'm just gonna take a very hard turn right out of this very self incriminating subject. And we, we, we talked a little about ever so briefly the idea of supporting small businesses. And Blake, I believe you've got some thoughts on small businesses and supporting them and used, oh my god, my voice just cracked, used gear.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a subject that I saw brought up in a, another guitar pedal group that's not my favorite group, so I'm going to go ahead and not name them. Can um, you
0: name them in the chat so I can know?
1: Uh, Yeah. I, is there a chat? I haven't used this in a while. Uh, I'll, I'll message you later. It's not that important. But it's one to it's one to avoid if you can. Anyway, yes. Uh, uh, it was it was talking about like how many of you have like an all used pedal board and how did it, you know how did that go for you? And I support that. Like I definitely support people being responsible with their money and getting things on the cheap and doing. I mean, I do that to some degree. But yeah. I uh, I didn't I, – I thought it was weird the amount of people that were, like, really proud of their all-use board. And I'm like – and I'm looking at some of these boards going, like, well, that's like a, a one-man shop. I know, like, a lot of people have this distorted view of the pedal industry, but there was a lot of extremely small builders on some of these boards. And I'm going, like, to me – and I know, like, don't be irresponsible with your money, people. I'm not advocating for that. But if it's, like, the choice of saving – 20 or $30 or helping out an independent builder, I'm probably going to err on the side of helping out the independent builder personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just something that is near and dear to my heart because I know so many of these guys and girls and it's just like, I don't, I just, I really like to see people supporting small businesses. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. Like, which is why your joke earlier was, was ex- extra funny. Because it's something that's very <laughs> near to my heart, and I uh, I work in that industry and try to help a lot of these people, and it's I don't know, it's a uh, it's I don't know I don't know where I'm going with this, but I thought that was a weird thread. I thought it was weird to be happy about not helping the people that make the thing that you like. But
0: yeah, that I is sort of a very like, um, gosh, what's the what's what's the phrase about America? rugged independence no that's not right but um just I think the something idea...
2: bootstraps
0: yeah yeah i mean in, in america we do love um to talk about small business and how much we love small business but uh they do tend to be the first people that we think that should give us a discount in a lot of cases
2: all right so i i'm i'm gonna I'm going to do something that I often do on this show, and I'm just going to preface this all with: I'm going to ask questions that are leading in a direction that I don't necessarily believe, but I just want to pick. Blax- so you're blazing. just trying
0: to you're just trying to say you're going to be a devil's advocate without saying devil's advocate. So then I don't say like a true white man. Is that what's happening?
2: Again, self-incrimination is really not the direction I thought I was going to go with the show. but Sure. <laughs> uh, so Andrew's
0: yes. about to play devil's advocate. So just, I'm going to play a little under- bit
2: of. Just a little bit, and I'm just going to kind of pick this apart and maybe see, <laughs> because on the surface, I think that's a really great sentiment, but I think there might be some nuance to this we can kind of unpack here. How does that sound? Everybody? That's
3: fun.
2: All right. So, yes. I... <coughs> God.
0: Well. <laughs> I got, did we, I got did a little
2: animated and then immediately started choking my own spit, which is... Arguably deserving for someone playing devil's advocate, but here we go, anyways. So, used pedal industry. Yes, I think, in a way, you, it, it's very clear in terms of cash flow that yes, it's taking money away from small builders. Because if you know, I mean, the, the small builders already sold the used product, it's already out in the wild, and they're not going to benefit from it after the fact. But the fact that it's in rotation. Does mean that you're gonna it's constant. The more gear that we see move, the more money we're gonna see circulate around. And so, I think is there any sort of, you know, any sort of validity to a counter argument that might pose the idea of, well, the person who's selling it's going to turn around and probably buy new from somewhere else. People who buy new are then going to sell used so they can buy more new stuff. And it's just this constantly churning machine of gas or gear a- acquisition syndrome. I do think there, there are
0: two types. I do think there are two types of buyers: people who want always to get like the new shiny thing straight out of straight off of the press, and then the people who want to save as much money as they can. And I, and the, I know there's some overlap, definitely. Like people been eyeing a pedal for a long time, and then they want to buy it uh, when they see it used. But um, I mean, I, I do both. I buy I buy new and I buy used. I tend to try to buy new from from the smaller builders. Um, but uh I, I so, did you know that there was a big Supreme Court case about um, buying and selling used CDs?
1: That or sounds records? vaguely familiar, but I don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah, it was a case that involved Sam Goody. If you're older than 30, like me, you might remember Sam Goody's stores. So Sam Goody was primarily uh, a record store. Uh, but there was actually a man named Sam Goody. And what Sam Goody would do is he'd go around to all these places that had jukeboxes, bars, restaurants, dance clubs. And if you had a jukebox, you'd want to pretty consistently be swapping out old things for new things. And typically, you'd probably just throw away the old records because who would want them? Sam Goody wanted them. So he went around, he bought the old records, and he went to resell them. And the record companies hated this. They said it would destroy the record industry if people could go and just buy used records instead of new ones. And the Supreme court sided with Sam Goody said, well, this has already been purchased like any other used item. You should, once you buy it, you have the right to resell it. Uh, so the where the record companies were arguing that it was uh, a disruption of intellectual property rights basically. And that if you bought and sold, you mu- music, you should still be paying the royalties, um, to, uh, so they said to the artists or to them, um, that would, uh, be incurred with a new sale. And the court decided that this was, you know, his constitutional right, Sam Goody's constitutional right to sell used music. Uh, and that's, so we, we, we talk about, um, you know, it doesn't help the small builders when you buy their stuff used, This is true in in an immediate financial way, but the record um, industry said back in like the twenties or thirties or forties, whenever this um, Supreme court case was, I forget it's been 15 years since I studied this. uh, It did not kill the record industry. (laughs) Uh, So I think that's just, that's just something to consider is that, um, I just it, it seems familiar enough and similar enough to me to 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 bring up that uh people will not only buy used music because there's always new music. And if you only buy used music, you're only listening to things that came out in the past. And uh if you're not you, there's always new music being put out. People are always going to listen to new music and buy hopefully new music. And I think you could probably say the same thing about guitar pedals there's always i think going to be a market for new pedals
2: so i'm going to take this a step further i want to hear blake's thoughts on this so i'm going to flip this around a little bit here and i'm going to pose an argument here that on looking at from a marketing perspective in terms of resale value is there an argument to be made that the resale value of an item reinforces the legitimacy of the list price for a, a new item. So say Strymon sells their stuff for 400 bucks and it still sells for use for 350. And so that it, for the consumer mind, you're like, Oh, well, yeah, of course it's worth $400 just because of that, that resale price versus when I'm looking at something I'm um, uh I, I don't have a really good idea here, but let's say a boss SD one, why would you spend uh, $50 on like the, the idea of spending $50 on a SD one, which is a classic distortion pedal seems a little ridiculous when it'd be very easy to find it for $20 on local marketplace. So what is there an argument to be made here that the resale value is actually helping the, the, the small builders in maintaining a sense of legitimacy to the target market, Blake,
1: I think in some cases that's very true. Uh, but I think it's very specific cases. I think Strymon was a very good example of that. Um, the, be- the best one that comes to mind is uh, Analog Man, right? Because, like, the prices on the used pedals are more generally than they are f- than on the new ones. Which, right. in the case of the King of Tone, kind of makes sense because there's a supply and demand thing going on there. But I found that to be even true with, like, his fuzzes that are readily available direct from him. They for In, in a weird way, they're available used for more than you can buy it from analog man himself that are always available so that's that's i think that's kind of weird and in that i think the used market actually does help him uh in a weird marketing way but at the same time he also posted last year you know when reverb you know he was able to do some research on reverb and there was like over a million dollars in analog man sales that he, he never saw uh So I'm not saying that the 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 used market's bad or that people should not have the option to do that. I just found that particular thread in that particular group a little bit weird in the sense of pride everyone was showing, and I'm like, well, yeah, but that Mm -hmm. guy's, you know, like I'm like, you're 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 so stoked that you're like there. It was was a very self congratulatory, like, look how smart I am thread, and I was just like, I don't, you, you don't even know what some of this means for some of these guys. This is literally. Right, you not putting food on the table.
0: Yeah, there's so much self-congratulatory stuff in the gear industry and like in general.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course there
2: is, and I think that's one of the things. I think I really, I just said I think way too many times. Yeah, I think that we do a really good job, not to you know be self-congratulatory as well, but of. at least bringing them up for bringing these items up for question and taking the moment to think oh are we really just operating an echo chamber that's ignoring some very obvious uh, red flags or is this actually like super chill and I think that's what we're doing right here and I think that's an exercise that's 100% worth doing into that and I don't I really I'm not trying to like shut down Blake here uh, in conversation and I think the fact that you're asking that question is something that I think we really need to do a lot more of as an industry. Yeah.
0: And I think that we should probably try to, I, I think almost said it's the American thing to do is support small businesses whenever you can. Um, even if it does mean you spend a little bit more because that's the essence of a small business. Just in general, if you look at uh, like the, the independent grocery store versus the Kroger uh, yeah, things at the independent grocery store, are probably going to be more expensive, but why do you buy from the independent grocery store instead of the Kroger? And I, for one love Kroger since Sandy company, i buy most of my groceries from, uh, Kroger brands. Uh, it, it, you might say because of like the service you get at a small grocery store or a small business is incomparable. Uh, the support I get from when I buy a wiring kit from Sean from gun street wiring and is, I can't imagine getting that level of support from any uh, like going on Amazon and buying a wiring kit or harness from a seller on Amazon. It's, I, I just think it's worth it to spend money for smaller businesses and smaller builders most of the time. And honestly, sometimes it's not.
1: Sometimes it's not. That, that is, yeah. Like not all small businesses are, are worth supporting. So I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm they're not, not saying they're that. They're not
0: good in their nature.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I think that it's worth looking at the product that you're planning on buying, regardless of what it is and being very conscious about where that spending is. Cause you know, it's and I do this too. I'm I'm speaking to myself. I'm not like trying to like preach to anybody at all. I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else. But it's really easy sometimes just like yeah, I'll just kind of get that on Amazon real quick. But like what if there was a way you could spend the same amount of money and your neighbor gets to, you know, gets to have a meal out of the deal. Wouldn't yeah. you rather do that? And I, I would. would. Yeah. I think yeah. most people would. It's just not a thought process that a lot of people are used to going through. And I think this yeah. whole COVID thing is is shaping some of that for me because I'm like seeing people struggling and seeing people having to close and I'm like, well if I can go, you know, get some takeout from from that guy instead of ordering, you know, Jimmy Johns or something, then yeah. that seems like the thing to do, right?
2: It's mm-hmm. just yeah, I, where think I am so. Yeah. Oh absolutely. I think and I think the value in our capitalistic structure, looking at that in a positive light, I think the value we see in that is from the small, medium sized businesses. Just as a, From a general economic standpoint, and I 100% agree with you in terms of wanting to support small businesses and not necessarily passively contributing to uh, Jeff Bezos becoming a millionaire – or a trillionaire, rather. so.
0: Trillionaire. That's an incomprehensible amount of money.
2: Yeah, I mean <sighs>
0: – that, that That's like literally impossible to visualize that amount of money compared I to like the amount of it's... money you or I have. I say Literally this impossible,
2: knowing full well that there's a there's definitely a degree to which I'm being hypocritical here because I have to admit I ordered I just received some packages from Amazon today. Yeah. I, I shopped around and I was looking at what my options were, and it was a combination of it was a little bit more expensive somewhere else, and the shipping times were just significantly different. And it was something that I needed for my for my job now, and so I I, I fully admit that there's a level of I, I'm not. Pr- I'm not pretending to be squeaky clean here. That's what I'm saying. But I I think in terms of questioning our mindset, in terms of why am I spending the money the way I do? I think that's something that is a question worth asking. I think it's something that the younger generation, I think if you look at marketing trends is younger generation, this is like the youngest generation right now is one of the most uh, moral, moral uh, conscious consumer bases that we've had uh, in recent memory. And I, I think that's really
1: important. I think, That gives me a lot of hope for the future of the industry. Hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm definitely not uh, I'm definitely not above. I I do all of the things that I'm talking about. Like, I'm just I'm just kind of speaking from what's been on my mind the last couple of days. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to order stuff on Amazon. I'm going to I'm going to shop at Kroger. But there's there's just um, a little more thought going into it, I guess
0: yeah I think thought thoughtfulness is what you is what we should all exercise whenever we're buying from from anywhere, and just understanding that our our purchases have reason, and that something happens to other people when we spend money
1: well and and our how do I phrase this our hundred bucks that we might spend in in one place can go a lot further with some a smaller entity it means a lot more to them than it does to kroger's like it's like a hundred bucks whatever who cares like they'll they'll light a hundred dollars on fire and they wouldn't even notice you know whereas small little grocery store it's like that might that might be the the money they needed to make rent that month so
2: oh totally like so i used um blake i don't know if you know this i used to work for guitar center and one of the things that gets tracked in each store on a regular basis is shrink and that's not a, a foreign concept to most larger companies is the idea that just stuff goes missing. And so the, the goals was trying to keep shrink at a, under a certain goal. And you're like, we're trying not to hit this goal. We want to keep our shrink as low as possible because that's just lost money. But just looking um for the stores that I worked at, what the numbers came out to be for shrink percentage uh, for overall inventory and realizing like what that number was, was like, oh, like this is money that they're okay with losing and just watching disappear versus that's probably the funding for an entire month of business for a smaller business. Yeah. And that absolutely makes a much bigger difference. um, Buying directly from a smaller, smaller manufacturer than it would from some, someone larger.
0: Mm -hmm. So if you're going to steal is what you're saying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Steal from guitar. (laughs) Uh, I was don't steal gonna... from
0: the trading. Don't steal from the trading musician. Don't steal in general. But if you're gonna steal, I'm no, so
2: sorry. No, no, no. I'm not. I am not Robin Hood. I am not recommending this. I do have some funny stories about theft from Guitar Center. I think I've told a couple of them on on the show before. Uh, but they're still only funny in the sense that like it's comically funny. But it's like ah, <laughs> that was twenty thousand dollars in guitars, and whoa, that's not super chill. No. So like three not PRSs. Chill. Oh. <laughs> uh, I I only worked at Guitar Center for like a year and a half, and the stories that I saw were just uh, like I was told and/or saw footage of was just mind blowing. Yeah.
0: Um, but getting back to the topic of of um something you mentioned earlier, Blake was about analog man, and basically people we call it flipping in gear, uh, or we call it scalping, but just uh in general. Uh if 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 you want a pedal from a small brand and they're temporarily sold out, please reach out to them about when they think they might be back in stock, if they can add you to a wait list or something, versus paying more than the pedal is worth on secondary source on like secondary websites or from someone else. Like when Chase Bliss did their version of the generation loss, it it was immediately like seven, eight hundred dollars in other places. Like yeah they were never gonna make another run of that, but that even was the case with the nineteen eighty one drB um with the quiet theory prelude uh and those were brands that were still making pedals in batches uh so my I think it's just like don't don't use someone else's work to make profit um for, for new work like that like I just get so fired up and upset when I see people. Buying something because they think the flip potential is there. Buying new products because they think the flip potential is there. Uh, I mean, people people price things. These brands price things for a reason um, because that's what they think it's worth. And if we keep buying things because we think we can make a quick $50, 100 $200 bucks, uh, by immediately turning it around and selling it, then what we're gonna see is raise prices on limited gear across the board. And that's just gonna make these things even less accessible to people in the long run. Think about concert tickets. It used to be the same price to sit in the front row versus the back row, and then people started selling those front row tickets for a thousand dollars and now that's what they cost to buy them from people like and i'd rather see the artists like paul mccartney or elvis costello get their extra 200 bucks or whatever versus some some scalper but it makes it a lot harder for everybody else
1: yeah the flipping of the the gear in that way like don't get me wrong like if you find something on a deal you know and you flip it like that's fine i'm fine yeah. with you with people selling their own stuff, like. Yeah, I get it. That's totally okay. I just, I'm with you. I don't really like seeing, it's, it just seems very distasteful. It's like, I bought mm-hmm. it. Oh, I, I was so lucky to get in and get this DRV and now I can sell it for 300 or I $400. Was, I was always just like, but why? Like for, yeah. <laughs> like, I would rather just wait myself. I, I, I yeah. really don't understand that. But I wonder if the blame falls more on the buyer of the jacked up prices or on the seller. You know what I mean? I think the, it's on both. It's kind of weird, like, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely both, but I kind of blame the seller a little bit more.
1: Yeah, they don't have to sell it. Maybe
0: if the buyer had been able to buy it in the first place for the original price, but now the person who wanted to just turn it around and sell it is the one who ultimately bought it and then turned it around to sell it to the person for $200 extra. That's true. Yeah,
2: I mean, I don't think consumers are like, oh, goody, I had to spend. Uh, I just pulled it up. The Chase Bliss Audio Cooper FX Limited Edition generation loss is starting at $715. Uh, and I think they sold for what? 400 bucks, three, three, 500,
0: 500. It was
2: a five. I so, think it was
0: $500. I think it was, it was four or five. It was very expensive. Sure.
2: It's a limited edition. They only did a thousand of them. It's a collaboration. I mean, by all means, but, I don't think any consumers looking at that who who anybody who's like I wanted to be on the first run, I wanted to buy it direct, I wanted to be the original owner. No one's looking at this going, "Oh, Yeah, I get to spend an extra two hundred bucks." Lucky me. Uh, I I don't think anyone's saying that. And I'm looking at some of these. I'm like, they're all listed in mint condition. Some of them are literally like, there's one here for seven hundred and sixty dollars, still in like has not been plugged in, never been Ah. used. And and so you know not. the guy like they just bought it to sell it and like yeah. that's, people. It's I don't like know. beanie
0: babies <laughs> in the nineties or some crap like that.
2: And that all the beanie babies are now worth like three to five dollars tops.
0: I will say I wish I hadn't just given away all my Pokemon cards. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to come back.
1: I can't find my Pokemon cards. I never got rid of them. I purposely like remember moving them into my my house and I cannot find them, and I have some good ones in there.
0: Yeah, I doubt mine would have been, like, extremely valuable. Like, none of them were really first edition, but, like, at the time, they were valuable.
1: I definitely have some first editions. The first pack of Pokemon cards I ever got was given to me by my neighbor's mom. Nice. and it, And we opened them up together, and in mine, there was a holographic Charizard, and yeah, his, that was, was, it like was in a, my
0: first pack, too. <laughs> my first pack had a Holographic Charizard. <laughs> yeah,
1: and his, he had, like, like oh, a wow. trainer or something, and he was like, oh, Mom, I want that one. And she's like, that's not how this works. I'm like, I'm not giving <laughs> you yeah. my Charizard.
0: Sadie! <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, yeah. That, that kid must have felt very sad.
2: Yeah, he was bummed.
0: I believe it.
2: So, oh, I know man. I just railed on... I just railed a little bit on... F- scalpers and flippers but the flip side if i may play devil's advocate here is but to what end like are there any pedal builders are going oh like from a pedal builder perspective is there anyone that's going great my use value is awesome and that means i can justify spending more the next time i run a batch is like we've all talked to pedal builders but blake can you imagine any pedal builders kind of being in that headspace going like yippee like good times
1: well, most of them that I know that have experienced these things really don't, – they don't like it for all the reasons we stated, but I have explained to them before. I'm like, listen, I know that this isn't great, and I really wish people didn't do this, but it actually is good for your brand in a weird way when they, when they sell at an elevated price. It's not good when they're being undercut severely, but it is good in weird ways for all the people like us that are like – I'm not paying $700 for that. I'm going to wait until – because there are a lot of people. Like, I'll just wait until yeah. – I mean, that's why the King of Tone how, list is two years yeah. long. Like, that's how you build,
0: have to build an email right list. Build, mm-hmm. You build an email list, and then you build a batch, and they sell out within five five minutes sometimes. I do – that's that's very good.
1: Yeah. So I, I I know that, like, the brands largely don't like it because it's it's an unpleasant – you know, side effect of capitalism I suppose. But I think they recognize that it can be good for their for their brand overall, which is kind of a weird double-edged sword. Right. Yeah. I
2: mean, by and large everybody I've talked to in the pedal industry like they're not doing this so they can get rich. So they're doing this because they care deeply about the players, they care deeply about putting quality products in people's hands and for them to enjoy, for them to be inspired by, and for all of those like really noble reasons. And so I, I definitely resonate with the frustration of, oh, and now people are doing this with it. This is not what I wanted.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, I think that's probably a good place to end this conversation for now, unless either of you has some burning last point to make.
2: Uh, my my last burning point to make, I guess, if you're gonna try and cut me off, is that this is America, and I can do what I want. (laughs) How dare you cut me off? I mean, this is just
1: absurd. I will say, like, despite all of the things that I, you know, was criticizing, I do support the, you know, the um, the American right for everyone to do whatever they want with their property, though. So,
0: while I may have personal
1: you know reservations about it but i do i like that we live in a society where you can do whatever you want with your stuff
2: i'm yeah. going to i'm going to just carpet bomb one last point in here on the topic of used gear is a pet peeve of mine is when people complain about the fees it takes to sell on online platforms <laughs> because the service that they're offering is worth money
0: It's worth probably more than 15%, honestly.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's something that's been a topic of – that's been kind of re-stirred up a little bit lately with Reverb changing up their – some fees and structures and the way that they're doing things. Uh, You know, that's fine. I've got a couple of pedals that I've been trying to sell in local uh, marketplaces that just aren't going to sell, and I know I'm going to lose a – quote, unquote, lose a little bit of money – or I could look at it in the perspective of this wasn't going to sell locally anyways. Reverb is offering me an awesome service here, or eBay yeah. or anywhere else that you're selling. Like, stop complaining that they're taking their fair share. I mean, I think, I think yeah. that's incredibly reasonable.
0: They're offering an incredible service, an incredible place to bring sellers and buyers together, and also protection to both parties.
2: Exactly. So yeah. that's that's just the point I wanted to kind of just lace into the end
1: of this conversation
0: yeah. as I mean, a related
1: you, pet peeve. Yeah.
0: You'd make half as much selling it to a local guitar store.
1: I'm just going to say, yes, I agree with all of that. That's I have nothing else to add. Cool. <laughs> Folks at Reverb well, are awesome.
2: I love all of them, and yes. I miss seeing them all dearly. I'm glad I got to see them at Nam before the Rona.
0: Yes, and I am very proud that I get to write for Reverb.com every once in a while. Check out my article about steel uh, guitar players and the pedals that they use, which is fairly new on Reverb.com. Brad. And also if you read uh, some product pages or some uh, category pages, I might've written the copy on the bottom of the page. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, with all of that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding.
0: Thanks so much, Blake, for, for joining us for this episode of Get Offset. Uh, for all of you who enjoyed listening to Blake talk, he has a, his own podcast called The Tone Mob that yeah, right. you should check out if you have not already and you might be here just because of Blake. So if you are, thanks so much.
1: Well, Subscribe. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful unpacking all this stuff. I don't know if we made any headway, but it was fun anyway. So, it was, yeah. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Until next time, I'm Emily.
1: I'm Andrew. And I'm
0: Blake. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. One, two. Hit it, Michelle. Four.